You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey everyone, it's Mike Mowry here, the co-host from the other coast, to tell you about another great podcast, Sugar High, features fascinating audio documentaries about musicians, producers, and the people that work for them. Episodes are structured more like 30 for 30 or inside the actor's studio than a podcast like Mark Marin. Every week, artists like Mumford & Sons, 311, Best Coast, and RAC tell the story of how music became their career. Sugar High focuses on the habits, drive, and focus required to become a successful musician. New episodes can be found every Wednesday on SugarHighPodcast.com, iTunes, and everywhere else that has podcasts. Host Danny Karissami wants you to know that he loves you and can't wait to be your new best friend. He loves you. So join Danny on SugarHighPodcast.com. You can also find more about all of the other great podcasts on Jabberjaw Media by going to JabberjawMedia.com. And now on to episode 28 of Managemental. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. Yes, the struggle is real, my friends, but let us help you uncover some of the mystery that is this challenging business of rock and roll. I am your host. Mr. Blasco, and I am excited to be here today. As always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, a record label owner, fellow artist manager, and webinar ninja, Mr. Mike Mowry. Hey, 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 yeah, man. What a what a time to be alive, throwing webinars like, uh, like the ninja that I am. <laughs> In the last episode, we talked about the ways to kill a music career. That was a cool episode, so check it out if you haven't already. This week, we flip the script and we discuss five ways to keep a music career. I found a great article on musicclout.com that will be the basis of today's conversation. It was written by Johnny Dwinnell called Five Strategies That Guarantee Success. As always, we will include any relevant links to the author and the article in the show notes. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. So we we had thought about doing this one live from my office because you recently visited uh, Washington, D.C., but... My guess is uh, it was so darn hot and humid that you couldn't be, <laughs> you couldn't leave the air conditioning to get up here. Is that right? It was crazy, man. The weather was like nothing I've ever felt before. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was, it was nuts. But uh, but aside from not being able to hang out with you, um, I did get a, a a late night tour of the White House, which was um, pretty exciting. Anyone that follows my Instagram saw me uh, post a few photos of that. 
I went to Kendrick Lamar and had front row for that at the uh, whatever your arena. The Verizon of, Center. Yeah, man. I yes. saw these photos. I was like, holy crap, this guy's living the life that I should be leading. I'm over <laughs> here. I'm over here slaving away, you know, paying for being gone at the APMAs for a couple of days, trying to get my webinar ninja skills all wrapped up so I could, you know, lead my thing yesterday. So actually it ended up working out in the end. Um, we're here on a Sunday recording this. It's the thought that counts and it was awesome to run into you in Cleveland at the APMAs anyways. Yes, the APMAs was uh, it was very well put together. There was a lot of adversity in in this year, and um, but you know what? Uh, my hats off to uh, Mike Shea and everybody for um, you know just pulling it together. You know, no matter what, they 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 got it done. So um, and it was and it was uh, it was good. You know, I I thought it was good. My only complaint is I didn't spend enough time there. I ended up hitting uh, Baltimore Warp Tour a week ago, and it's really funny. There's a lot of people in the industry. You know, it's held in Cleveland. Um, where Alternative Press is located, and a lot of people come in and you know go to the award. They come in the day before, which is the Sunday. They go to the awards on Monday, and then Tuesday is Warp Tour in you know just outside of Cleveland. And I was scrambling, trying to figure out how I was going to get down to Warp Tour on Sunday, stressing myself out. I went down, watched Carnifex just rip a killer set, and then hung out with uh, some of the other people that I knew, and you know watched a couple other great bands. And lo and behold. Next day, I, I get to Cleveland. I'm running a little bit late, a flight delay. I'm all stressed out. You know, the weather's beautiful. I'm like, oh, man, I walk over from my hotel to the to the awards, and I'm just like, man, I wish I had been here all day. And then, you know, a little light bulb goes off in my head. I said, you know, I could have just stayed an extra day and gone to Warped Tour <laughs> in Ohio. But it's all good, man. You know, it was, it, like I said, it was good to see you. It was brief. I saw a lot of people for just a brief moment, but... I like it. I like that Alternative Press, you know, does it. I, I can't even imagine the monumental task that it takes to try to pull all of it off. So the fact that it gets done is just always astonishing to me. And um, I think it's great. You and I both dabble in that world quite a bit. And I think it's cool that they are trying to, you know, draw, you know, more attention to it and do some unique things. Awards are cool. You know, no matter what you're in, even if it's just the uh, Mike and Blasco Managemental Participation Award, which we should probably, <laughs> which we should probably start one of. I think they're cool. I think it, you know, it, it pumps people up and gives people a reason, you know, to kind of rally around a cause, you know, within this great underground music scene. Yeah, man. Well, uh, let's dig into the episode. The original article was called Five Strategies That Guarantee Success. And I think guarantee is a pretty strong word, but I look at it this way. Like these are these are five five ideas, five tips to uh, keep a positive mental attitude when, you know, going into this business and enduring through this business. Side note on this, on the way home on the plane, I watched The Founder, which is the story of the uh, the founder of McDonald's. And uh, I don't know if any of you have watched it, but the uh, the general premise of the movie for Ray Kroc, the 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 quote unquote founder of McDonald's, is persistence, and his whole and his whole thing was persistence, and I kind of echo that through um, today's episode. Anyway, number one, don't look in the rear view mirror. There is literally nothing you can do about the past, so spending one second of energy on it is an epic fail and a colossal waste of time. The past is what got us here. Our successes and failures are part of who we are, so we have to embrace them. 
Yeah, I'm a little mixed on this, frankly. I think that, you know, part of looking back can be very healthy. And I understand that he says, you know, the past is what got us here. That That is a true statement. And, you know, throughout anything that any of my artists have done, or even myself in my own career, if you look back, you can, you know, see the super high times. And man, you can look at those really low times as well. And I sometimes think it is helpful to go back and remind yourself of what the peaks look like. And sometimes what the valleys look like so you can avoid them and not repeat history. But I do get it. I mean, I would take the the one thing that I would say here is is he says one second of energy. I think it's okay to take one second. I don't know if you need to waste much more time than that. But looking back can be a good vehicle for helping you look forward, especially at times when it seems like things might be bleak. You know, it's like, no, let's take a look back and see what those highlights look like, what those peaks look like. Remind ourselves that they are possible and they are achievable. Maybe we got to dig down, dig a little deeper. So that would be the only issue I would take with that one. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. You know, the, the past, the, the road that got us here sometimes is, is paved with some um, potentially good potholes in that, you know, we survive. Maybe we got a flat tire. Uh, maybe we dented our wheel or something, but uh, it's something to learn from. And uh, next time we'll, you know, we'll steer around it as opposed to just driving over it, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I love that, you know, you, you mentioned persistence in that movie, The Founder, and I, and I haven't seen it. And, you know, even as a vegetarian, maybe I'll, I'll go check it out. But, um, you know, the one thing that I had to learn throughout my career is, is you know, the, the idea of a process and a journey. And things almost never happen in a linear fashion, which, you know, when I was younger, I really thought they did. I thought if I did A, B would happen. Um, and now I realize that sometimes if B is my goal and I'm starting at A, I might take a couple detours. Um, and, and in fact, those detours help me understand and appreciate actually getting to B. Yeah, love it. Uh, number two. Focus on what you have instead of what you don't have. I promise the answers to all our future career questions and successes lies within the blessings we currently have, not in what we don't have. Any thoughts we entertain about what we don't have is a cop-out and quite damaging as it only sets up excuses to quit. Negative thinking will never help us succeed. Yeah, I mean this is a this is a great point and it's such a challenging point in some senses, you know, I've watched so many bands as they're on the rise, you know, and they're having a lot of success, look to another artist and say, "Well, look at what they've got. They've got more." And instead of appreciating, you know, what the artists themselves have and, you know, frankly, again, so much of this stuff, I love that we cover it because I can apply it you know, and do apply these strategies to my own life and my own career. You know, there's times that, yeah, you want to be a little bit further ahead, even myself, you know, with the company and the record label and the coaching stuff. You know, there's times that you'll find yourself saying, man, I really just wish we were like, you know, two steps ahead of where we are. And then you just take a second and appreciate what you have and what you've built and, and the fact that you've laid this incredible foundation and i do find myself you know mentioning that to artists quite frequently they're always like well what about this or what about that and it's like no 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 no, dude look at what you have and let's figure out how to grow from there let's use that as a foundation and really appreciate it that's the big thing is appreciation in that case yeah i mean this is part of 
the thankless job that becomes management sometimes, you know, I mean, I think you'll agree. It's like where, you know, you get in these conversations, right? Like you've got an artist and I, I know you've been down this road and, and, uh, and, and, and you're laying out all the stuff that has gone down, you know, all the boxes that have been checked off, you know what I mean? And then at the end of that conversation, they'll bring up the one thing, you know, like, Hey, how come we didn't get on that soundtrack? <laughs> you know, and you're just like face palming or whatever. You're just like, man, like, like, take a second to take in all that you've accomplished, right? As an artist or whatever. Like, because it's like the thing of it is, man, it's like there's always going to be someone doing something better and bigger and more successful always you know what i mean there's more successful podcasts there's more successful managers there's more successful bands or whatever and i feel like you can utilize those things for motivation certainly i look at people above me right people that are more successful than me and i and i use it as encouragement to persist and to and to keep going and, and to work like i mean honestly man like I started a management company because I looked at, at managers, successful managers around me, and I was like, I know that guy, and I know that guy pretty well, and if he can be doing this, I know that I can be doing this, right? We're all like, th there's nothing superhuman about what these people were doing. Maybe they just had different opportunities or whatever, but to go back to my overall premise here, it's persisting right and and the, the feeling that that you know that it can be done or whatever so sorry for the the blab but nah, it, man i mean I, I think that that's great that's where the money's made of you and i you know discussing these things is you're you are exactly right and i can't remember if i said it you know we, we record these things and i don't always get a chance to go back and listen to them but i also you know i tune into a lot of other podcasts and you know there's some entrepreneurial ones and i was listening you know to an episode of one entrepreneurial guy that i like quite a bit and he had you know a, a guest on there and they were talking about you know just mentally flipping how you look at things and you know these guys live in LA and one of them was talking about how you know he's been he was going to do an interview or something and he was stuck in like three and a half hour traffic and he was like you know that's the type of stuff that just drives me crazy and the guest was like yeah I can see that it drives you crazy and this will lead into the next point but you can't control that and so you just need to flip with the fact that you are you know you should be grateful that you have the opportunity to sit in traffic <laughs> you mm -hmm. know to go interview somebody for your incredibly relevant podcast that people follow and listen to and you know it's little reminders like that that are really helpful even to me you know it's like oh man i gotta you know do this or do that even today, you know, I'm busy in life. It's a Sunday. I'm like, oh, crap, how am I going to fit this in? And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fit it in and be incredibly happy. I get to go spend 45 minutes talking to one of the dudes that I respect most in this business, freaking Mr. Blasco, get his damn information, his thoughts in his head. I got no complaints in the world. And so I think a huge part of it is just some of these little tweaks that you can trick your brain into um, are really helpful. Yeah, which leads us into number three. You can only control right now. The past is the past. The future is the future. The only thing you ever have control over in your life is right now. Huge selling artist 
all had success and record sales long before they had record deals. They went to the negotiating table with the majors that ultimately signed them with a ton of leverage. How could they have achieved all the record sales and success they did before they got signed if they were sitting around saying, if we just had a record deal so we could get paid, then we could be stars. They didn't wait for anything. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, and I can't imagine that many of the people listening to this great podcast, you know, can even relate to the major selling stars and the major label deals. And that's not even much of, you know, what we dabble in, even though I, I think you might have a major label artist on your hands. But, you know, the, the key here to me is the sitting around and saying part. You know, there's just so many artists, and I, and I know we talk about this week in and week out, but the artists that I have the most success with are the ones who literally every day they wake up and say, what can we do for our band to make our band better? They might text me and say, hey, man, here's what I'm thinking. Does this jive with what you're thinking, with the plan that we've laid out, with the course that we're on? You know, can you give me some approval or not? Or, hey, I'm struggling with coming up with the way to, you know, take my band to the next level today or think about it. Do you guys and your team have any ideas? But they are driving that conversation just as much as we are. If I'm sitting there trying to drag you to try to get to where I am, and I have artists like this, and it, you know, it baffles me. It drives me crazy because I think they think like, cool, we're signed to a record label or, you know, we're signed to a management company and therefore opportunities are just going to present themselves. Um, that's not the case. You and I both know it in this day and age, in this industry. Yeah, it can give you a leg up, but there's no way that if you're not focusing on what you can do for your band um, and, and if you're sitting around saying, oh, if we just had this, that's just, that is completely wasted time. Control what you can right now. That is the truth. Yeah, I mean, look, I can only speak from my own experience. And we've covered, you know, this particular item here, number three, we've covered parts of this, you know, multiple times because it's true. I've talked about coming in to the negotiating table with leverage. And the way that you do that is build up your base build up your fan base build you know and 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 by doing that you have leverage and also too the second thing that I'm reiterating what you said is that you can't just sit around you know i mean the the, the difference is why a band is more successful than yours is they went out and did it from my own experience the most successful bands that I've worked with, the most successful situations, um, bands that have sold you know hundreds of thousands of records and play in front of thousands of people a night are artists that grinded early on and were willing to get in the van, book their own tours, grind on social media. You know what I mean? They built up their leverage. When I was going to the negotiating table, it was a slam dunk because there was momentum there. There was a, a, a there was a visible return of investment for these record labels, perceivably anyway, because you know, you don't know that MySpace fans are going to turn into uh going to turn into consumers, but the, but they did in these cases. And and um it, and uh, so, so my point is, is that like you, you gotta like you can't sit around. You can't, you can't go like, oh man, if only we were able to play in front of you know this this band's crowd, we would steal them, or you know, if only we could be on this tour. It's like, no, man, like 
it, you can't you cannot do that because those opportunities are going to go to the bands that are grinding and are building their value and are building their fan base yeah and and just as you know one more aside i don't want to take away you know what what we offer you know as managers and record labels you know i get a lot of artists that come to me and say i want to you know wake up every day and say what can i do for my band but i don't really know where to start you know, like, should I focus my energy on X or should I focus my energy on Y? I had a band in here recently, you know, and we were talking about trying to get tours. And I indicated to them, you know, let's take a look at how a lot of these tours are put together and understand that, you know, obviously there's people like myself, yourself, the agents, other managers, record labels who are constantly trying to keep you know, other industry people aware of what our artists are doing and talking about marketing plans and all of that. But inevitably especially in 2017, what I have seen is bands are taking out bands they know and or bands they like, you know, and, and not only just as people, they want to make sure that the, you know, the music is of quality. And look, I'm very fortunate. You know, I was, I was thinking about some stuff this morning and realized I've got some great bands on some amazing tours this fall, some that are announced, some that aren't announced. And that's a combination of, you know, the bands doing the work and, and befriending people. And of course, me keeping those other managers and agents apprised. So I don't want to, you know, everyone to think, I, I guess my point is, even if you're just out there and, and you're, you are hustling and you're doing all these things, you got, you know, other things have to add up as well. Work in and of itself, or, um, you know, isn't necessarily going to lead to results, you know, unless that work is also talking about you know, writing great music and having great marketing and all of those things. But, um, you know, without beating the point too much into the ground, you know, I'll just say it one more time. You as an artist need to wake up every single day and say, what can I do to advance my career? And don't worry about anybody else and what they're doing. Yeah. And look, I mean, we can roll into number four, which is work. And, um, you know, and it's kind of what you said. It's like, yeah, man, just because just because you're you're putting in just because you're putting in work doesn't mean you're going to get results, right? So it's it's also I think a lot of it is working smart in that obviously nothing's going to get done for us. We obviously have to get up. You know, you and I, we own our own businesses. We get up every day, and it's up to us to make sure we're putting food on the table. No one is doing this shit for us. It is up to us. But but I also think too that uh, in terms of business i think paying attention to the 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 return of the work that you're putting in right like as for instance for me like i didn't initially start off as a manager there was a, there was a point to where i knew that i needed to do something on my own right there was going to be my own thing to bridge the gaps between tours where I wasn't getting paid, right? Because I've been a hired gun musician for a very long time. And that comes with the uh, the caveat of there being times where there's no work, you know, and when you're in a band and the guy goes off to make movies and, you know, you're you're sitting around for two years, you, you know, you got it. You got to figure out how you bridge those gaps. So I think it's a matter of whenever you're putting in the work, it's a matter of being honest with yourself and taking the time to pivot into maybe something else. So whenever I initially started off, like 
I was like, okay, I know I have to figure something out. I know that I want to be in music and I know that it has to be something flexible. So I initially looked into like being like an A&R type of person, but that didn't work and that wasn't yielding results. So I pivoted and I wanted to get into producing and stuff, but I realized that I didn't really have the engineering skills that it would take. And you know, like you can't just be a Rick Rubin guy overnight. And I was just starting way too late in the game. So, so I abandoned that idea and I pivoted into management because I objectively looked at it and says, okay, well, I have relationships. I have, uh, you, you know, I have a good reputation or whatever. Now I just got to find some bands that will believe that I can do this or whatever. But I dug into it and I stuck with it and I persisted. And, you know, here I am, you know, here, here I am talking about it, like on a podcast with you. So I don't know, that was very long winded. But my point is, is that uh, in terms of work, or whatever, it's paying attention to what what return you're getting from the work you're putting in. Yeah, and you know we did. I mean, I don't know if we formally segued into part four, but part four on on his article is work, and I would agree. I mean, you know, like I have said already a couple times on this episode, I like doing this because it allows me, you know, to reflect on my career, which has ups and downs in and of itself. And you know, the commitment that I've always made is, I show up for my artists. I don't give a shit what I'm going through, you know, and, you know, I've suffered hardship just as everybody else does in life. I got to show up for my artists, you know. I've asked them to believe in me and my skill set. And, again, if I'm asking them to show up every single day and say, what's up, you know, what can I do for my band, I need to be there and do that too. And it's fascinating to me that there's been times when, you know, I've had something going on and it's been a challenge to do that, but I, you know, I just dig a little bit deeper and understand. And what he says is, I'll read it for you. Work creates momentum. We have to work when we are feeling really down about where you are. There is literally no better remedy for the artistic blues than redoubling our efforts towards our careers. And, you know, I've talked to so many of my artists and other artists that, you know, this rings true. And like I said, even in my own life, you know, there's so many times when I'm just like, oh, man, you know, I wish this had happened or that had happened or I'm going through a struggle or whatever it may be. And I just get in here. I show up today. I, it's not like I wasn't excited to come here, but I'm here and I'm feeling freaking on fire. You know, I'm going to leave this place. And unfortunately, I got a bunch of personal responsibilities, but I'm going to channel this energy. And tomorrow I'm going to come in both guns blazing. And that's because I showed up and we're doing the work. And I just love it. I think that that's great. You know, couple that with that persistence that you're talking about. And over time, you know, you just, you you gotta, you gotta understand that it will take time, but inevitably it will happen. Number five, ignore the haters, especially the most powerful hater, which is our own internal negative voice. Again, listening to that voice or any other hater only leads to one result an excuse to quit. I promise you for every reason you and your haters can create to predict your failure, I can find 10 people that overcame the same hardships and succeeded. It's all up to you, nobody else. Yeah, and and this is a great point. And, you know, the hater being your own internal negative voice, that's why having a good support system around you is always beneficial and always helpful having at least one key person that you can call up and talk to and you know i had an instance just a couple weeks ago and i was really frustrated with one thing on a side business that you know i'm working on and and i called a buddy and he was like dude you know a guy who's very successful or at least in my mind and you know we talked through it and he's like dude 
You don't think for a minute that I'm, you know, I still don't go through some of these hardships that you're going through each and every day, self-doubt, you know, whatever else it may have been. He's like, you know, and it was just so amazing to me to be able to call somebody like that and have them a be able to relate and b you know support me and it just was like you know what all right if if, you know that guy's going through it everybody goes through it let's get back out there and and ignore the hate in my head and then you know the other thing is actual haters and you really can't pay attention to them you know i posted something about uh, a photo of me and my little man bun and uh it's just so funny (laughs) it's just so funny i laugh all the time (laughs) You know, it's like such a divisive thing. Either people, you know, and and it and it's hilarious because it's so much like what I know bands go through. You know, it's like I got these people that are saying stuff and I realize they're kind of joking, but they're also sort of serious. And I'm just like, shut the hell up, man. I've never commented on one of your photos like go lose some weight or like, you know, get your freaking teeth checked or whatever the hell it is on the people that are saying cut your damn hair. And it's just so funny. So I don't even read what people say, but I just thought that was sort of a funny aside. (laughs) Totally, man. Well, I mean... Look, I, I think that it's insightful because it's like when you when someone says hater, you know, you immediately think to some like fucking idiot on Blabbermouth or on YouTube or whatever. You know what I mean? Just posting some idiotic comment that, you, you know what I mean? Like that they can't even they're not even on on your level or whatever. But I think it's really insightful here that he points out that our our really our biggest own worst hater enemy is the voice in our head. And, and that's something really strong to, to tackle first. And then once you've got that, man, then all these little peons or whatever that are, you know, keyboard warriors in their mom's basement or whatever, fuck those people, you know, and uh, whatever. That's what I say. No, I, think uh, I, I do. I think it's great. And you know what's interesting is um, I, I will say that I think some of the, the best artists that I've worked with, they ride the line of that uh, internal doubt, which kind of emerges in a bit of like an anxious form. And they, they work on how to take that energy and channel it into working on their craft and, you know, self-promotion. And that's what's kind of cool is, you know, if you don't have any of that, then <laughs> I would say you need to be a little worried. So if you are suffering from it in any capacity, you know, if there's any internal negative voice or, you know, anything like that, just you, you got to figure out those ways to take it and spin it. And I think that's a huge part. If you listen to anybody who's ever had success and there's so much resources out there now in the podcast world and the blogosphere and the internet, almost everybody that's having success has gone through some bit of that and figured out how to turn it and channel it. So you aren't alone. Um, just figure out the tools to to you know to live with it and channel it absolutely well that concludes episode 28 thanks to everyone for tuning in we will be back here next week in the meantime you can find me on twitter and instagram at blasco1313 We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. Because, hey, people, we do this show for you. Consider it a tool for understanding this ever so challenging and confusing business of music. 
If you have listened thus far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? Yeah, a couple things real quick. One is, you know, I've seen some feedback recently on my own, you know, socials, which you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Loop. And you can find me on Facebook as well. But, you know, through the coaching stuff that I'm doing, I've gotten a lot of people that are, you know, noticing this podcast and they've listened to a number of the episodes and they're sharing it with their friends and saying, wow, you know, these guys really, you know, come at this with a good approach. So, of course, we like to think that we're coming at it with a good approach because it's genuine and honest. But thank you for noticing and taking recognition. Um, And we do want to hear from you. Hit Blasco on the email, askblasco at gmail.com. You know, I want to know what topics you guys want to cover. I'm fired up today and feeling pumped. Um, I did a great webinar for Outer Loop Coaching on Release It Right yesterday. And uh, the sister course of that, Unleash It Right, is next Saturday. Unfortunately, those signups are closed because they're at Unleash It Right and Release It Right are tied together. But, man, Blasco, I am so excited by, you know, the, the people out there that are thirsty for what you and I you know intuitively know from doing this for the past decade plus and it's been so rewarding to be able to share that with people and kind of see their you know smiles and their feedback so thank you of course for the opportunity to have this platform we did run a bonus episode that you know was some audio from a Q&A that I did in preparation for that so I, once again I want to just make sure that you know you know I'm appreciative of everything that we're doing together here and you know think that we're just having a great um a great conversation week in and week out so if you're interested in what i'm doing on the coaching platform it's outerloopcoaching.com if you are interested in sharing with your friends this podcast you know rate and review wherever you're listening to this whether it's itunes um google play stitcher or any number of things soundcloud you name it and um until next week happy episode 28 thanks a ton brother thanks everybody peace This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.